Good afternoon, everyone. Just want to make you aware, just in case you're not, we do have a morning service at, at 10 o'clock on a Sunday. You're really welcome to come to that as well. Um, but, well, this is exciting. I feel like this is a, um, quite a, a monumentous moment in the history of, of Hope Church. Uh, we've been talking about it for a, quite a while, been praying about it, been planning, sort of, roughly. We've put some plans in. <laughs> And um, we haven't got it all sussed, and we're kind of working it out as we go along. We feel like we've got a bit of a compass, but not a map, and we're figuring things out as we go along. Um, so I feel this ex- excited. I'm really glad you're here. I'm pleased to see you, um, but join us on the journey. Um, so I guess it, a fair question to ask would be, why are we doing this? Um, you know, with ch- Church uh, attendance numbers have started to increase. You know, we're, we're not kind of spilling out of the of the doors yet on a Sunday morning. But I guess we'd, a fair question be, would be to see why are we doing this? I've, and I, th- I think my answer would be is because we are, we feel the leading of God on this. Uh, if you weren't here this morning, you missed an excellent sermon from our lead elder Adam Northcroft. I encourage you to listen to that online. Um, he was talking about hearing from God. I'm being, I've been nice to you twice today now. This is incredible. Miracles are breaking out left, right, and center. Um, but we, he was talking about hearing from God, and we, we believe we've got a leading from God on this. Kind of, I was just talking to the team as we were gathering to pray together this afternoon before we started, and I said, as this week, I was kind of feeling a bit like Noah. And Noah in the Bible, he was told by God to build this boat, and he's building this boat in the middle of a desert, really, and, and there's no water around, but he knows the flood is coming. And I feel a bit like that with this afternoon service, is we're, we're kind of launching this because we know the flood is coming. We know we, we've been many, many, many prophetic words over the last few, several years, in fact, about people coming in and coming to, to know Jesus. That's why we're doing it. We're making room. We might feel like right now we're a boat in a desert, a few people gathered in a hall on a Sunday afternoon, missing the end of the Ryder Cup or some, some dodgy football match. But who cares about that? Um, Europe are probably going to win now anyway. But, but we're making room for people to meet with Jesus. We're doing this because we want truth declared in this area. We're doing this because of the truth and good news of the gospel. The truth. Um, Pontius Pilate said to Jesus, didn't he? He said, what is truth? Well, the truth is the gospel of the good news of Jesus. He lived, breathed, walked this earth. He died and he rose again. And that's why we're doing this, because we want to tell people about this good news. The good news that God, says in John 1, became flesh and dwelt among us. God, creator, became flesh and dwelt among us. Mankind was separated from God chose to believe that God wasn't for him, tried to be his own God, tried to live without God, tried to live for other things except God. Mankind is now inherently sinful because God is holy and pure and righteous. He cannot have anything to do with that. He can't have that in his presence. He can't have mankind in its current state in heaven. Otherwise, it wouldn't be heaven, would it? 
Think about that. And from the beginning, since the fall of man, he's been, mankind has been trying to fix itself. I mean, there's so much around now, isn't there? Self-help, self-meditation, self-reflection, look within. But that's not the answer. Work hard, be good, just leads to failure and disappointment. And the bad news is, it, it just it can't work. We can't do it by ourselves. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But there's good news. That's why we're doing it. We want to make space for the good news. A price had to be paid. Justice needed to be done. Mankind was in the court, in the dock, guilty. But Jesus stepped in to the courtroom and said, I will take their place. I will take the sin, the iniquities of the whole world, lay it on me so that they can be free. That's the message. That's why we're doing it. That's so we can make room for more people. They might not be able to come on a Sunday. They might not be able to get up on a Sunday morning. But we're making room so people can come in and hear this good news. Because apart from this, apart from this news, mankind cannot fix itself. They need to be free. Free from sin. Free from fear of death. Loved those songs this, this afternoon, didn't you? They were amazing. Death is finished because of Jesus. The gospel, this gospel is the answer to life's big questions. When you receive the good news, you really discover what life is all about. Life isn't perfect and all sorted when you meet with God but he gives you truth and foundation and a peace and a direction and a purpose. When you surrender your life, when you die to yourself, you discover what life is all about. That's why we're doing this, another time of service, because we've seen the truth, we've seen his glorious light, and we cannot help but tell others about it. To allow more time and space for people to meet Jesus. And I believe that's going to happen. As we take this step of faith. This is a step of faith. If you're here this afternoon, this is a step of faith. We are making a step of faith. For people are going to come in and hear the good news and respond. Might not feel like it now. But we are going to see people come in and see lives radically changed. He doesn't care how far you've gone from him. He doesn't care what you've done, but he wants to know you. If you're here this afternoon, if you feel far from him, he wants to know you. The living God wants to know you. Don't you know? Don't you know he loves you? Don't you know he gave everything for you? So whether you're here for the first time or for the 200th time, God wants to use you. He wants to know you. And he wants you to be part of this adventure that Hope Church is on right now. We can all play a part in this glorious, exciting plan. Not just for this area, but I believe that as we start to impact those around us, as we start to impact this area, it will have a greater influence than we can ever imagine. We'll start to influence not just the people around us, not just this area, but the nation. 
Don't we want to see our nation change? Don't you think our nation needs prayer and God right now? God wants to use you. It's difficult. I, I struggled with that myself for the, in the early days of being a Christian, that God wants to use me. But he came in and he changed me from the inside out. We see a great example of how Jesus can use people when he meets the, um, the apostle Peter. He meets one of the disciples, Peter, right at the beginning um, in the Gospels. In Matthew 4. By walk, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said, of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Peter was a fisherman. His first words, follow me, and Peter surrenders everything. He drops everything. See, when you meet Jesus, he calls you, he, he gives you a purpose, like he says to Peter, you're not going to be a fisher of fish. Fish is a theme today. Adam was talking about fish this morning. Um, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. So Peter here, he meets Jesus, he's given a new direction, and he surrenders, he just drops everything and goes. That's the call of God, to surrender everything, to die to everything, leave it behind and go and follow him. To follow him is an, is a, um, an active move. It's not just, oh, I believe, and okay, everything's going to be all right now. No, it's an active move to move and follow God. You're called you're given a purpose, and you're called to sacrifice. There's a sacrifice involved, and people often don't want to sacrifice. Don't know if it's worth it. I know this. I know this life. I know my boat. I know my fishing nets. I know this is comfortable, but this is—is—is is, is that going to be much greater? The call of God on your life is far greater than anything that you could ever come up with. Peter is such an encouragement for me when I read through the Gospels about Peter. I love Peter because he, he has highs and lows, doesn't he, all the way through the Gospels. He, he's, he's brash, he's outspoken, he's impulsive. I, I think, yeah, I like this guy. He has amazing highs and lows in one moment. In Matthew 14, let's read. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus, come, he came to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Amazing moments of faith there from Peter when he gets out of the boat. That's faith involved there to get out of the boat 
And I think as we move forward in this exciting new season, there will be times when God is calling us as a church to get out of the boat and as individuals to get out of the boat. That's when miracles happen, when you take that step of faith to get out of the boat. You're never going to walk on water if you don't get out of the boat. How are we going to see church grow? How are we going to see more people come to Jesus? It's by us opening our mouths and speaking to those around us. It's by hearing, like Adam was speaking this morning, hearing from God and acting on it, stepping out of the boat. Are you ready to step out of the boat? Are you sure? Can I have a bit more encouragement here? Are, we, are you ready to step out of the boat? Because this rests not just on the called few who like to sit at the front and lead meetings and preach. No, this is on all of us as a church. We are a body. We need to operate together. We're a family and we all need to step out of the boat. Are you ready to step out of the boat? Great, that's better. There will be moments where you need to step out of the boat to speak up. And then we might have sinking moments as well, where we take our eyes off Jesus. Peter took his eyes off Jesus. But Jesus persisted. I don't know if you, this is why he's an encouragement for me, because I have these great Sometimes I feel like I have these great moments with God, great moments of success. I feel like yeah, I'm flying there and then I take my eyes off Jesus and I start to sink. And then he, with his grace and mercy, plunges down and pulls me out again. That's what happens when we take our eyes off Jesus. We look at what's going on in our life what's going on in the world, what's going on around us, we start to sink. Keep our eyes fixed on Jesus in this new season. He then has another high um, <clears throat> in Mark 8. Actually, Adam again mentioned it this morning. Um, Peter's walking along with Jesus and, and he says, who do people say I am? And he goes through, some say Elijah, some say uh, John the Baptist, but Peter turns around and says, no, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ, son of the living God. He has that moment of revelation. He knows, he calls out, yes, you are God. But then, again, he crashes down, again, the ultimate low of denial, walking away in John 18. Peter, it says in John 18, was warming himself by the fire, watching and observing what was happening to Jesus as he was on trial. Scared of a little girl. I said, talked about this the other week. Little girls, they're not that scary, are they? I've got two little girls, they're not that scary. Well, they, they can be, actually, in moments. <laughs> you know, it's, when there's no reason involved here. I can argue with the best of them, but when there's no reason involved, you can't that's difficult to deal with. But anyway, moving on. Um, <clears throat> Peter's warming himself by the fire, and this girl says to him, you're one of his, aren't you? You're his disciple. And he denies him. Does it three times. 
the cock crows and Peter knows. He's denied him. Despite saying to Jesus, I'll never leave you. Jesus is then put to death, gloriously rises from the dead. What we're singing about this morning, gloriously raised from the dead. And he appears to his disciples. And then we read how he restores Peter. I love this. In John 21. When they finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? It's kind of seeing where his heart's at through this. He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. Said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. Right, at the big, right there, he's telling him to love the church. He said to him for a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. So he's restoring. What Jesus is doing is restoring Peter. He denied him three times. He asks him the question three times. Do you love me? And Jesus is getting to the heart of Peter. Where his love is. Where his priority is. Do you love me more than these? I think that's where Jesus is getting to our heart right at this moment. Where's our priority? Do you love him more than other things? Do you love him more than your job? Do you love him more than your family? Do you love him more than your stuff? Because we're called to follow him. We're called to leave stuff behind. And it might be the same with us. If you deny Jesus or not put him first, or sometimes we can feel distance from him, spend time away from him, where he wants to restore you today. He wants to see where your heart is and he wants to give you, give everything. He wants you to give everything again to him today. He's not surprised by our failures. He knew all along that we would let him down and fail him. Jesus doesn't choose us out of naive optimism. He sits with us each time we fail, full of confidence for the future. Jesus wants failures like me. And he wants to use you, all of us. And he wants us to be in humble, wants us to be humble and obedient. And Peter is restored and he becomes obedient to the call. And he says, yes, to God's call to feed my lambs.
Have you learned to say yes to God? To the call of God? It is more dangerous to say no to God. Because by saying no to God, you could be missing the very reason for which you were born. You mustn't let past failures, disappointments rob you of the victory in the future. Because he wants to restore you today. Jesus has great successes for humble, obedient people. As we see with Peter on the day of Pentecost. He was no longer warming himself by the fire because he had the fire inside. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He was calling out people saying, this Christ who you crucified. And many were saved. Many were added to them on that day. Will you respond to him? Will you come to him? Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life in all its fullness. Do you feel like you've got life and life in all its fullness? Because if you haven't, he wants to come and give you that today. God has revealed himself in the person of Jesus. He was who he claimed to be. He really did rise from the dead. There is hope beyond this life. There is hope for this life in an encounter with Jesus. And we can meet with him today. Can I just ask the band to come back up? And we're going to respond to him. Believe God is calling you today. He's either calling you back or he's reminding you of the call of God on your life. He wants to use you. Not just as a bit part player. Not just as a substitute. But he wants to use you to do great things for him. Let God use you. Say yes to him today. Be part of this amazing, exciting adventure he has for you and for us. I can ask you to stand. We're going to pray. I feel God wants to embolden us today. He wants to restore us and to commission us. And I, I just feel that uh, I want to kind of read this from Acts 4, 29 to 31 over us as a kind of prophetic prayer, if you like. And it says this. Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness. Lord, we pray, grant your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders perform through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, it says, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Lord, I pray that over us this afternoon, embolden us, help us speak the word of God with boldness. He wants to just remind you that he called you out of darkness and into his glorious light. He wants to remind you that he's come to give you life and life in all its fullness. 
He wants to remind you that he hasn't called you to be a bit part player today. He has, wants to remind you this afternoon that he wants you playing in the team. He wants you to be a part of his amazing plan and purpose for this area, for those around you, for those that are in your life. He wants to use you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and embolden us, we pray. And as we worship, as we seek him again in this last little while, just speak to him, be honest with him, and he will come and meet with you. Thank you, Jesus.